Welcome to the Ready to Thrive podcast. My name is Jacqueline, and I don't know if you've ever felt like you are just surviving your life. I know I have, and that's why I created this space. I want to help you move from surviving to thriving. My goal is to help you get unstuck and actually enjoy your life. Each week, I'll be sharing practical tips and always point you to Jesus. So what are you waiting for? Let's get ready to thrive. Welcome to Ready to Thrive. Now, I am sitting with my new friend, Paula Ferris, and I'm going to do a little introduction. Often I have my guests right off the hop introduce themselves, but I want to introduce Paula to you. So Paula is a child of God, a wife, and a mom of three kids. She is a correspondent for ABC News, as well as the host of Journeys of Faith podcast. And she just released her first book titled Called Out, Why I Traded Two Dream Jobs for a Life of Calling. Now, a few years ago, I would have introduced Paula this way. This is Paula Ferris. She's a co-host of The View and co-anchor of Good Morning America Weekend. But today we are going to unpack how and why that introduction has changed over the last few years. So Paula, thank you for being here. And did I miss anything in my introduction? No, I just love how you say out. I can tell that you're from Canada. <laughs> so funny. Listen, I'm from I'm from Michigan, close enough to the the to the Canadian border, so I I can appreciate the accent. You get it. <laughs> I loved it. So Paula, um, where are you right now? Because we're recording this in the middle of this COVID yeah. season. Where are you? Uh, we are in South Carolina. I, I, we, my family lives in Westchester County, New York, which is the suburb of New York City. And we left about two months ago to be near my sister. Okay. So we've been down here and enjoying being their family yeah. in this moment. Awesome. Um, I'm sure that it's been fun for your kids to get out and explore a little bit in that area, hang out with their cousin and um, just a little change of pace for them. Yes. It's been a blessing. Yeah. yeah, that has been a blessing amidst all of the tragedy. Yeah. Uh, but just being with family and and enjoying the green space yeah. that we're provided, letting the kids run around, they can go fishing, and um, but yeah, just being able to do life with family when we're missing that you know that interpersonal connection, but that physical touch, yeah. being able to hug yeah. somebody. It's nice to be near my family. It's nice to be near my sister's family. That's so good. Well, I want to dive right in. And um, I want to go back a few years and I want to talk about how, even as I introduced you, um, you went from living this life with these two dream careers, right? These two dream jobs and you traded that in. And so what changed? Give me kind of a paint a picture of sort of what um, brought you from that place. Yeah. Yeah. So I was uh, at the height of my career just a couple of years ago, anchoring Good Morning America weekends, filling in during the week and co-hosting The View. And I was leaning in to what I was told to do to career and finding my worth from work. And I burned out. And unfortunately, you know, I was really just doing what society tells us to do. What's your name? What do you do? Um, and with that message is reinforced with the church so often we have to find our calling and our calling is so often related to career. You know, we have to find this one thing that we were created to do, Jacqueline. And I burned out. I was at a professional high, but a personal low. Um, 
at the top of my game professionally, but probably at, at, a, at a low personally. Mm-hmm. And I, what good is it for a man to gain the world, but to lose his soul? And that's kind of how I felt. Uh, my relationships were really struggling with my husband and children. My health was suffering. I wasn't attending church. So these professed values were clashing with the choices that I was making. I had become addicted to work. Uh, it had become my narcotic of choice just to, I was thriving off this accomplishment and achievement and spotlight. And I had completely misplaced my significance. And so when I felt God called me out of that space, um, he used a personal crisis to get my attention. I write about it in the book. I went through a season of hell where God allowed this, these tragedies to, to, to happen in my life in order to get my attention, but it really to slow me down. Within seven months, I had a miscarriage with an emergency surgery. I had a concussion at work and was knocked out of work for three weeks. And the day I got cleared to go back, I had got in a head-on car crash. And then I got influenza, which turned into pneumonia. And I knew God was trying to get me to slow down. And so it was in that moment, I said, all right, God, if I don't slow down, I know you're going to slow me down. That's what happened. And I decided that I needed to step away. Um, I had a piece that it was the right decision to make, even though it was scary, I was scared of what I was walking away from these two dream jobs at the height of my career and scared of what I was walking into the virtual unknown. It wasn't like God said, I want you to walk away from these two dream jobs. And then I have this, this awesome, awesome opportunity over here for you. No, I didn't know what the next step was, but I just knew I needed to take a step. And um, once I, once I walked away from those dream jobs, I realized that I just had no clue who I was outside of them. Hmm. As you said, I had introduced myself. My purpose was, I was Paula Ferris of Good Morning America and The View. And then all of a sudden I wasn't. And I realized my significance had totally been misplaced. So I write much of the book in that space of just trying to figure out who I am, who we are outside of what we do, finding our worth um, outside of doing, finding our identity and calling outside of doing, because it's so often baked into our our identity and calling and purpose are so often baked into doing. so it was, it was in that space that I wrote much of the book. And I just hope it helps people to find their purpose and calling outside of doing, but finding purpose and calling um, that, that don't shift and shake in a mm-hmm. pandemic and that don't shift and shake in a personal crisis. What about you? Who are you outside of doing? Who are you outside of this crisis? Who do you want to be um, that? What about you won't shift and shake mm-hmm. um, in, in a moment like the one that we're in? That's who you need to root into. Well, I think your book coming out right now is so timely because um, for so many of us, we are in this moment of um, a bit of a reset, a bit of a pause. And one of the things I appreciate as you write your, um, your story about this sort of year from hell, as you call it, where, you know, you go from one thing to the next thing, um, that it actually took you a while to be able to accept that idea from God of like, okay, are you trying to get my attention? Um, what, what do you want me to learn or do in this space? And I think actually that probably has been the case for a lot of people in this pandemic of, you know, trying to kind of keep going business as usual. And even as you talk about in the book, I so appreciate, um, some of your experiences where you, um, you know, you get hit on the head with this apple, um, crazy, crazy. I mean, I, I had this moment earlier where I don't know if you're familiar with, uh, Mrs. Doubtfire. It was a drive by, yeah. drive by fruiting. 
And um, a drive-by friend. And somebody else has mentioned. That. I just thought of that today, <laughs> and I was like, please. okay. Um, <laughs> but you, you know, I'm like, okay, we don't want to wait to get hit on the head with an apple. But you, you actually went to work the next day. And I resonated Mm -hmm. with that, even, you know, thinking about the stay at home mom listening and how we can have these moments where we get sick, but we're like, I'm going to power through, I'm going to get dinner on the table. And we, we have our identity so wrapped up in who we are that we, we really struggle with the pause, with the, the reset. And so, um, I just love that you, you're really vulnerable in sharing all of that process with how how it was a struggle to even stop and say, okay, God, what are you trying to say to me in this moment? Mm -hmm. Um, And I think for some people listening, that might be the case as well. Like, okay, God, you have my attention. Where are we, are we shifting? And I think part of it is that idea, like you said, you didn't know what was going to be on the other side. And that's so scary to, you know, terrifying. Um, How long was that season of kind of saying, all right, God, I need, this is what I need to do before you kind of felt like you had some answer or some semblance. Yeah. Yeah. I, I think it's kind of still going on. Um, you know, I was so scared of what I was walking away from and scared of what I was walking into. I did launch a podcast, um, you know, in that season. And, and I knew that I wanted to just contribute mildly, uh, to the network still just, uh, you know, work Monday through Friday and get my life back. Um, we, we so often want to see that next chapter. Yeah. We're like, okay, let me, let me have a peek and then I'll take a step. But that's not how God works. You know, the, what, what got me through was I had a peace in my spirit. Mm-hmm. And when we feel God vocationally calling us to a certain area or leading us into a certain area, that's where we should begin. Do we have a peace about it or do we have an unease? Mm-hmm. And there's a difference between being scared and unease. You can have a peace about it and still be scared. Those two things can coexist. For me, I had a peace that I needed to walk away, but I was so scared. And fear will be present. You should expect and anticipate it. What got me through was Joshua 1, where, you know, God has called Joshua to take down the city of Jericho. He has said in the same way I was with Moses, I'll be with you. He then asks him to circle seven times. I don't know why he has to circle. Sometimes we just circle out. I think God wants us to circle out of obedience. Sometimes I think he wants us to circle to refine us, um, to make sure that we're ready to take down Jericho when God asks us to do so. But I knew that God said, have I not commanded you to be strong and to be courageous? Don't be afraid. Don't be discouraged for the Lord your God's with you everywhere you go. And so I knew that I, it was up to me to step into my fear. Yeah. And God has commanded us to step into our fear. Have I not commanded you to be strong and be courageous? He commands us, then he promises us that he's going to meet us there. So um, for me, yes, I think you have to just start with, do I have a peace about this? And if you do, then it's up to you to take that step. And you should expect fear to be present because fear is not something that you conquer. It's not something that you're cured of or that you're healed of. You should expect fear to be present. God mentions fear hundreds of times in the Bible because he knows that we're going to be faced with fear, but fear is not from God. Fear is from mm-hmm. the devil. So do you have a peace about this situation? Do you have a peace that this is what you're supposed to do? Um, and, and also knowing that fear is going to, you're, you're probably going to be scared and that's totally normal. 
but um, you know, start with the piece and then go from there and make sure you have trusted people in your life yeah. that you do life with just a small, small group of people that can speak life into you, speak life over you, um, help guide you. God will speak to you through those people. God speaks to you in sermons, songs, scriptures, podcasts, books, um, through dreams. And I think just knowing, knowing where to listen to God is, uh, is something that I had to work on, but it started with that piece. Mm. Do I have a piece about it or don't I? And that's where everything, that's where everything should, should form from. Well, I love how in the book, you know, I, I read the title. And so I was, I was expecting for you to unpack the story, which you did. But what I wasn't expecting is how much you unpack of just coming into your vocational calling in the first place. And I actually found that to be incredibly powerful because, um, you actually started off behind the camera and there was a lot of, um, arrows, a lot of little breadcrumbs that were kind of pointing to you being in front of the camera, but you really resisted for quite a while again, because of fear. And I, I think that's something for a lot of us that we, we have these little desires or passions or things that God is kind of nudging us towards things that other people are saying to us like, Hey, I think you'd be really good at this. And again, we can get Mm. stopped in that place, um, because of fear. And so I love that you unpacked that. And so can you tell me just a little bit of how we can, um, find our vocational calling if we're feeling like, I don't even know. Cause I love the way you unpack that. Thank you. Well, you know, I, I feel like in that season, God had to show me, first of all, that my worth wasn't in doing. And he released me from that lie of believing that my worth was in work and value was vocation and calling was just career. I had to know that I was so much more than what I did. Um, and so God showed me that we have these two callings on our life. We have a faith calling. I also refer to it as a purpose mm. in the book. So I use those words interchangeably. Faith calling will never change. It's who you are. Um, it's why you're on this earth for me, it's to love God and love people. And that's it. That's my purpose. So often we, we pack our purpose with doing yeah. with, I want to, I want to be the best broadcaster I can be. I want to be the best author. I, no, our faith calling and purpose is singular. And it's really to love God and love people. All right. Vocational calling can and will change. Whereas faith calling never will. Vocational calling can and will change. And think about vocation as just the vehicle by which you're going to fulfill your purpose. It's just the vehicle by which you'll love God and love people. So think of faith calling and vocational calling as a vine and branches. Your vine is your faith calling or purpose. Your uh, your branches are your vocation. And a healthy vine produces many branches, mm-hmm. but it's always root. It's healthy only if it's rooted yeah. into the vine. So every everything that you do flows from who you are, loving God and loving people. And what that did was that it gave me, not only released me from the life that worth was in doing, but it gave me the permission to branch out, to try new things based on those talents and gifts that God has given me, but to not back myself into a corner and see myself as this one thing for the rest of my life. I saw myself as a broadcaster and that's it. It was like, I could never do anything else, but it released me from that lie. Um, I am one dimensional. You are, or I'm multidimensional and you are multidimensional. Vocation can be seasonal. God can call us to, to certain vocational seasons. Um, it's like those, it's a, it's just imagine the different branches. And so once you separate those two callings, and knowing that your worth isn't in doing, um, the way that you can really find out what you, you know, your talents and gifts are and kind of find a lane, vocational lane in these branches that you should gravitate towards is by asking yourself three questions. 
you have to check every single one of these boxes, Jacqueline. You can't just check one. So what are you good at? What do you love? And what do trusted people notice that you're good at it, good at and that you love? It's not enough just to be good at it. It's not enough just to love it. You have to be good at it. You have to love it. And trusted people have to notice you're good at it. You love it. A friend of mine, she's a gifted consultant. She could consult anyone in business or personal. She, other people have spoken life into her that she's gifted at this. I have said she's gifted at it. Um, she's so good at it. And I've suggested and others have suggested that she do this for, you know, this should be a vocational lane for her. She doesn't love it though. So she's not being vocationally called to that particular area because she doesn't love it. So um, knowing like for me, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I ask a lot of questions. My nickname was Paula 20 questions growing up. And I had trusted people in my life, high school teachers, uh, college professors that were speaking life into this, this, this curiosity um, this question asking, the, the, the fact that I, I'm a, a communicator and I love to champion and challenge people. Now, now I mistook that and thought, oh, I'm a broadcaster. That's what I'm good at. That's what I love. And that's what trusted people notice about. No, peel those back. What makes me a good broadcaster? I'm curious. I ask questions. I'm a communicator. And trusted people have noticed that those are my strengths. Do you see that now that I don't buy that lie anymore, I, I have the permission to, to allow God to, to, to branch out and, and use those gifts on different branches. Just as I have a friend who's a podcaster and an author and a counselor. And I said, what are you good at? What do you love? And what do trusted people notice that you're good at and you love? And she said, I love to listen. And I, I love to encourage people. And she's doing that. She is listening and encouraging people in those capacities of podcasting of authoring books and of counseling. So finding out what you're good at, what you love, and and um, what trusted people that you do life with, what they're speaking life into. That's the way you find your vocational lane. Well, I love what you've unpacked there. <clears throat> I hope people go back and re-listen as I'm sure they will, because there's so much really to chew on there. Um, first off, this idea of being deeply rooted in this faith calling. Mm. And you know, it reminds me of, um, I think it's Matthew 6, 33, where it says, seek first the kingdom of God and all these things. God. Right. And so I think mm -hmm. sometimes we get caught up in this, like, what's my purpose? What's my purpose? But it's like, get deeply rooted in who you are in Christ. Yes. And then that actually begins to flow out, right? The, and even as you say, the, um, the vine and the branches, right? There are these different opportunities. And so I think, Looking at those three places is key, um, especially the, you know, that is a key piece. Do you enjoy it? Because I know in my life I've had various things where people yes. have said to me, you're good at this. And even as I've looked at various career changes, I've been like, okay, well, people are saying I'm good at it. And sometimes we are actually looking for that outside validation. And so I know for myself, that was part of my journey was like, well, I'm good at this thing, right? Like I'm, I'm good at teaching and people are saying I am, so I'm going to go into it. But I was like, I'm, I'm not love loving it. this, love but yeah. shift a little bit. And I've um, been running some women through this course. Um, again, it's teaching. Um, and I leave, even if I'm tired when I go into this session, I leave and I'm like pumped up. I'm like, I love it. And so I think part of it is, um, and you unpack this so beautifully in the book, part of it is that we are, um, God will give us a little bit of those, um, those nudges in through various means, again, through people, through our own um, desires. 
And then it's, it's kind of taking those little steps forward. And I do love that you unpack all of the little steps you took in pursuing your vocational calling, that it wasn't like one day you're, somebody calls you and they're like, Hey, do you want to job co-hosting the view? It's like, no, no, no. I actually <laughs> had to take these little steps, risk, have some possibly mm. negative experiences, some failures oh, yeah. and that those things are okay. Those are part of pursuing those things. And so that's my encouragement for people who are listening as well, that maybe have a nudge. And, um, you know, one thing I love to do as well in looking at the vocational calling idea is um, what are some of the things you loved as a kid? Like you talk about being Paula, 20 questions, 20 questions, you know, and I can look back at myself at 12 and think, I, I loved telling people about Jesus. I don't know why I was this weird kid who loved to like bring my friends to youth group. (laughs) I sat down my friends, I think in grade eight at lunch. And I was like, Hey guys, like, I want to tell you about the Holy spirit, which is like, what? Like, that's the weirdest thing ever. But I just had this passion to share Jesus with people. Share your faith. Yeah. And so, mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. there are these things as we look back at like, who were you as a kid? Like, what were the things that, you know, you were kind of wired this way? And sometimes we take a really long route to get there. Yeah. And I love also that you share there are these other, there's there's various ways to express who we are deeply rooted in Christ. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. That's so, that's so good. Um, yeah. What, I, keep going. No, go ahead. No, you go, you go. I was going to say one of the things I thought it was really interesting, um, is that you mentioned this idea of self-sabotage and how oh, you, yeah. um, had an opportunity. And sometimes I think that maybe we don't even realize how often that can play a role. And, um, you had an opportunity for an interview and you kind of, um, you know, you, you describe how you self-sabotage yourself. And I, I've experienced that in my own life. And I think a lot of it, again, can be rooted in fear. Fear. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything more you could share about that? Have you, have yeah. you self-sabotaged other areas? Um, I think, I, yeah, I think, well, I think fear has manifested itself in so many different touch points in my life. Fear prevented me from getting into broadcasting for a very long time because I was scared of failure. I was scared of what people would think. Fear um, then sabotaged uh, my direction, my journey for a while when I knew I needed to get out of, of this space because I was paralyzed by the fear of what people would think of me. Could I, could I hack it? Could I not hack it? Um, you know, when it was time for me to step away, you mentioned the self-sabotage. Yeah, I had an opportunity to work at the network, at a different network years prior. And I didn't want to go to the interview, so, um, but my agent said I needed to, and it was an interview in New York, and I remember at the end of the interview, I was meeting with the president of this particular news network, and he's like, do you really want to work here? And I said, well, only if you have a job in Chicago, because I was living in the Midwest in Chicago at the time, and I didn't want to leave. Um, So I did everything in my power to make sure that if God was calling me there, I was going to make sure that I wasn't going to go. Um, and I'm not saying that that was, uh, that God wanted me there at that point, but I think that God was starting to, to, to nudge me in that direction of New York. Um, New York was always a place that I had maintained. I like to visit, but I love to leave. And I used to say I would never end up in New York. And then God has a funny way of working things out where I end up in New York, you know, and, um, and leading us to, to an opportunity there. But yeah, fear can sabotage your destiny um, and can paralyze you. 
But I think that's the thing. Again, fear is not something that we conquer. Fear is not something that we're healed or cured of. Fear is something that we're going to have to deal with for the rest of our lives. And it is up to us. And once you embrace it, it's actually very empowering and emboldening. I get to take this step. It's going to be scary. I get to take this step. I'm commanded to take this step. But God acknowledges that I'm going to be scared. He knows he's walked those shoes, but he's promised that he's going to be there. He's promised he's going to show up and he does. Well, I know for myself, one of the ways it feels a little bit sneaky um, is that I've said, okay, I only want to do, I had a number of people um, the year before I started a podcast, as we'd have end our coffee, they'd say, you should start a podcast. And I would say, I'm only going to do it if God is asking me to, right? And it was this (laughs) sort of humble, like, I'm just going to do what he's asking. And I realized that that was part of him asking, right? That was, yeah, that was speaking through totally. your friends and speaking through your friends. And I don't know if you're familiar with this story of this guy who's like stuck on an Island and he's like praying like, God save me. And so a boat comes and he's like, sorry, like, I don't need a ride. I'm waiting for God. And this helicopter comes like, sorry, I don't need a ride. I'm waiting for God. <laughs> so good. And he dies and goes to heaven. And uh, God's like, he's like, why don't you save me? And he's like, well, I sent you a boat. I sent you a helicopter. And I realized sometimes God is actually, um, he is sending things our way. But yet we can be waiting for it to look a different way. Um, And so that's been a huge eye-opener for me, Um, even pursuing my own vocational dreams. Yep. That's God's using, he's speaking to you through trusted people in your life. And I think what, A, do you have to ask yourself, do you have a peace about it? Mm. Okay. If you have a peace about it, then then yes. Then pray that God speaks to you and, and expect God to speak through trusted people. Expect God to speak through sermons and through scriptures. Expect God to show up in a song that you've heard a thousand times, but you hear it in the car that one time and you're like, I'm hearing it a different way. And I feel like God's speaking right to me. Expect God to speak to you through podcasts and through books. Um, Expect God to speak to you through dreams. God can speak to you in a myriad of different ways. Uh, You have to know where to listen to him, but it all has to start with the peace. Mm -hmm. Do I have a peace or do I have an unease? If you have have a peace about it proceed if you have unease stop don't go any further um and that's so smart that um that you were able to recognize that in hindsight that hey this is god speaking to me he may not be parting the clouds and speaking in a big baritone voice with angels singing in the background but he's speaking to me and um we need to to train ourselves to 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 know when he is speaking to us and to listen for that voice uh, and so often he speaks through our friends, yeah. our trusted friends. And I love that, um, you know, I think sometimes we can get in this place where we're just going and going and going. Um, and sometimes just looking either to friends or to people for that advice. Sometimes I'm trying to make a really big decision. I'm like, please make the decision for me. Um, and there's a moment you talk about in the book where you just were on the couch and you just said, okay, God, what are you trying to say here? And I think sometimes... That's the place to where in our busyness, in our hustle, striving, whatever we're doing, sometimes we just need to stop and say, okay, God, right? Like what are you in this? Yeah. What are you trying to say to me here? And so part of it is that idea of creating space to hear from God. So I'd love to hear, um, we'll kind of wrap up with this. I'd love to hear for you. What is sort of your um, practice or routine or how do you kind of stay connected to God? And has that really changed from that season to now in. Oh, yeah. sure. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I think um, I 
I had to learn that fear was going to be present. So often, I think I scared myself out of it because I thought, oh, this is my intuition telling me not to proceed, even though I had a piece about the situation. So for me, when the way that I listen to God is, do I feel a peace in my spirit? If I do, then I will proceed. And if I don't, I won't go any further. And if I feel a peace in my spirit, then I'll ask God to show up. And I, I know that fear is going to be there. And I know that it's up to me. And I know I have to step into it. And I have to trust him. And I have to pray for the impossible. And I have to listen to the right people. And I have to be reading. I have to be in the word, in scriptures. But I'm praying that God will speak to me through the right people and that I will hear his message. Um, and I'm also praying that God will give me courage to take the next steps because it can be scary to take that step when you can't see the rest of the staircase. And then I am... I am proclaiming and I'm making sure I'm calling God out and I'm saying, okay, I'm taking a step of faith. You better show up, God. I know you show up. You promised. I'm caught like, I'm like, God, come on. I need you. And he always shows up. He always shows up. Um, one thing that I do want to mention, and we talked about purpose a lot and I write about this in the book, but I just want to make sure that people really, um, I, I just want this to to like be something that they can chew on. And Jesus is, this is right before Jesus is going to be crucified. And it's from John 12, 27. And he says, I have come to fulfill my purpose, to offer myself to God. And so often we pack our purpose with doing. Um, God, Jesus's purpose was to offer himself to God. Why should our purpose be any different? Why do we have to tie our purpose to doing? Um and so I know, and you mentioned me at the beginning, how you would introduce me or how I would have introduced myself years ago. And that's what I want. I want to help people find their purpose and to craft a, a purpose statement outside of doing. Mm. I was so long, Paula Ferris of GMA and the, and the view of Good Morning America and the view. And now I know I'm Paula Ferris. I'm a wife, mom. I love Jesus, but I'm curious. I ask a lot of questions and I am a champion of and challenger of people. And that's who I am. And you notice that purpose statement is never going to change in my life. Yeah. That purpose is, is based on who I am and the unique talents and gifts that I've been given. Just like your purpose should be based on who you are and why you're here and the unique talents that you've been given. And that purpose, being curious, asking questions, championing people, communicating, being a wife, mom, Jesus lover, that's not going to change mm -hmm. ever in my life doesn't matter if another personal crisis hits me. It doesn't matter if a pandemic comes. That's never going to change. That is, up, that is unmovable and unshakable. And that's what I really, I feel so passionate about, helping people uncover their purpose statement and really craft this purpose statement. And then being able to, once they have that, knowing their worth and then helping them find this vocational lane by asking those questions yeah. about what they're good at, what they love, what a trusted people to feel good at and love. But releasing them from the lies that, worth his work and then giving them permission to branch out and do new things based on yeah. who they are. Yeah. Well, that's so good. I always love the saying, um, like I'm a human being, not a human doing. Mm -hmm. And mm -hmm. I know what you're saying can, it's so true. Yeah, it can relate to, uh, the stay at home mom who, yep. who gets really, uh, wrapped up in it's very easy. Cause we spend our 24 seven, um, taking care of those around us. Um, and it's very easy to, um, find our worth in that. And sometimes those things change. Like I, I've had a lot of friends who have had that crisis of empty nest when the kids leave and it's like, who am I now? And so really the, what you're 
um, inviting people into is just this idea of what does, um, who am I? What is my faith calling? What is my faith purpose? And when I yep. have a good, deep understanding of that and I'm rooted deeply in that, everything else can flow from that. And it's almost like we, we actually have this ability to then hold our hands open vocationally, right? And yeah, we can, that's I, so good. you know, in your book, you talk about this, but it's, it really is giving people permission, especially as you say, you're free from the lie that you, you know, kind of have to do, do, do. And that's where you're going to find your identity, but it is, it's freedom, it's permission. And so that would be my encouragement to people as they're listening. I love sometimes giving a little um, action item at the end, something to do. And so I would just say, just dig in to uh, what is your faith calling? What is your purpose? I love that you say, you know, I'm um, called to love God and love people. Mm -hmm. And then you just have these few other little things about um, what some of your giftings are. And um, Mm -hmm. if you are unsure of what your giftings are, sit with a close friend who knows you well and just say, hey, can you tell me what some of my giftings are? That's a great way to find out a little bit more because sometimes it's hard for us to always see in ourselves and you can kind of begin to interview people. And chances are, as you talk with people, they're actually going to tell you some of the same things over and over again. Yes. And that will actually help, yep. um, again, root you in more of who who you are because God has given each one of you um, these unique gifts that I do believe you know, he wants to use for his calling. And so I want to end with this quote from your book. It says, if we mind the messages God is sending, we might find ourselves awakening to the beauty of our true purpose, the beauty of our faith calling. As we do, we'll begin to see the ways God can use our vocational gifts for a higher purpose. Paula, I have loved chatting with you. And, Thank um, you, Jacqueline. I appreciate yeah, I'd it. I'd love to Thank know so where much. people can find you and um, yeah. find your book. Sure. You can find the book on Amazon, Barnes & Noble. If you're one of the four people that are flying right now, <laughs> you can find it in some airports, Target.com, Walmart.com, some Christian bookstores. And if you uh, just thank you for supporting the message. I hope that it really equips you and I would love it. If you write a review, reviews always help new books and you can find me on Instagram mainly uh, Paula Ferris. And my last name is spelled just like the city of Paris, but with an F. F. So it's F A R I S. Uh, Reach out to me. Let me know what you think about the book. And thank you so much for supporting it. Awesome. Well, thank you for being here, Paula. Love what you've had to share. Thank you, Jacqueline. I trust this has helped you move one step closer to thriving. Thanks so much for listening today. I really am so encouraged knowing how many of you are being encouraged by this message. And if you have found it helpful, would you mind just sharing it with a friend, leaving five stars or even a review wherever you listen to podcasts? podcasts, keeping it super professional. Um, If you want to connect more with me, head over to Instagram where I'm at Jacqueline.Widener. Or if you want some free resources, head over to my website at JacquelineWidener.com. This has been an Extend Network production.